Episode 60 of the Good Stuff Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. You found the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. That's right. People who are making stuff for your kids that you and your family will love. And it's episode 60, so we're going big. It's a double whammy right off the bat, episode 60. We're going to talk to Casper Addyman, who was one of the creators of that viral video you may have seen a few weeks ago, the ones of the song that makes babies smile. It's pretty cool to talk to Casper. He's a real live, legitimate doctor of psychology who knows his stuff. We're also going to talk to the band Rabbit, exclamation point, who are back with a brand new EP. I think you're going to love that conversation. Thanks for listening to all 60 episodes. I know you guys are totally caught up. As you know, it's 60 and change in the Good Stuff universe. Several episodes of Good Stuff Sports, and we had some bonus episodes at the beginning that weren't really counted. Anyhow, thanks for your support. Share with a friend if you like. Any questions, comments, send me an email, mike at goodstuffpod.com. And you can check out our website, www.goodstuffpod.com. It's got everything, the whole shebang. You're looking for Justin Roberts talking about his new album, Lemonade? Boom, goodstuffpod.com. You're looking for Lori Berkner talking about her new album, Superheroes? Boom, goodstuffpod.com. You're looking to talk to the creators of Girls Can Create who are making really incredible project boxes for girls to learn history about strong, strong, intelligent women. Boom. Girls can create goodstuffpod.com. Thanks for listening. We're going to go to four plus one top four songs in my car. Plus one. I try to get my kids to listen to. And this week we may have had a winner. Four, four, four plus one. Coming in at number four this week is best day of my life by the American authors. I caught my son singing this song as he was just hanging out around the house. Weird. Whoa, I'm never gonna give it up. No, please don't wake me now. This is gonna be the best day of my life. My life. Number three this week is from Ashton from the band Rabbit, and it's If I Had a Million Dollars by the Bare Naked Ladies. When's the last time you heard this song? It holds up. Totally holds up. If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a house I would buy you a house And if I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Buy you furniture for your house Maybe an ice chester field or an autumn Man, I really want to dislike that song, but I can't. Little known good stuff fact, in 1997, I interviewed the Bare Naked Ladies on their tour bus and I ate some of their pizza. It was delicious. Coming in at number two this week is The Solving of a Mystery. I figured out that the Witch Doctor song was written by a guy named Dave Seville. Does the name Dave Seville sound familiar? It might, because that's the guy who took care of the chipmunks, right? Alvin, Simon, Theodore? I think... That if we were to dig a bit deeper and we had a research department, we would find that this Witch Doctor song may have been the birth of Alvin Simon and Theodore the Chipmunks. 
I don't know that for a fact. Just a hunch. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He said that... And number one comes from Devin from the band Rabbit. He said, I'd like to pitch Mr. Blue Sky by ELO to your countdown. He says that it's a vibrant and fantastic golden ole that really takes the listener on a musical journey. It's got it all. Strings, horns, a robot, a choir, and then at around the minute four, it changes and changes again. It's like watching a movie with your ears. Thanks, Devin, for the suggestion. And our plus one this week is a certified bona fide winner. I played it for my son in the car and he asked me to play it again. All I'm going to say is turn up your stereo because this one is the best. Okay there, we're going to just cut the music there for just a second on account of being in good taste and not wanting to have any swear words on the Good Stuff Kids podcast. If you liked any of this music you heard this week, you can find it at Amazon, Apple, or Spotify. Support these artists. And if you didn't know that plus one, it's Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Here now is my conversation with Devin and Ashton from the band Rabbit. Stay tuned all the way to the end of the show to hear their song Vegetables featuring Z-Dog MD in its entirety. And watch out for their brand new EP called The Golden Carrot, which comes out this Tuesday, March 21st. Good stuff. I would love to welcome Rabbit, Ashton, and Devin to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Rabbit exclamation point, I should say. Welcome, guys. How are you? Doing well. We're great. Good. Would you mind introducing yourself just for vocal distinguishing purposes? Sure. Uh, my name's Ashton. Uh, my name's Devin. I have the higher voice. <laughs> Got it. Now we, now we can distinguish. So we, we were talking a little bit about uh, just general music scene just a few minutes ago and what it's like. And, and you guys um, describe Rabbit as a, as a happy accident. So can you give us a little bit of the history, like how you guys came together and how it turned into like some pretty incredible kids' music? You should see, by the way, you can't see this. This is the uh, audio podcast, but they're pointing at each other, trying to get the other one to explain. Story. 
Ashton tells a great story. Uh-huh. I've heard it a thousand times, That's and I a love lot of it. pressure. Um, <laughs> it's an okay story. I've heard it a thousand times. <laughs> Devin just kicked me under the table if it starts getting too. Long. Um, wow. So yeah, the happy accident part of it's pretty interesting because Devin and I, as we mentioned to you before the podcast, um, had been in bands since our college days, and you know, toured our faces off and achieved formal road dog status. And I think at some point we were in a project together in 2007. And at some point we um, realized we needed a way to monetize our music habit. Um, And so we had had this idea of creating music for commercials um, as a way to do that and started a business called Rock Salt. And that was 10 years ago this summer. And at some point, you know, we, we weren't looking to create a band or be in a band again. And a lot of the music that, Devin was writing um, was of a particular style. We were writing all kinds of styles for brands and different ads and things, which was really f- fun. And actually, um, we still enjoy it to this day. But um, a lot of the stuff he was doing that was getting attention had this kind of ultra happy, over the top, sort of indie, quirky, sunshiny vibe. And people were really responding to it, not just as brands, but just as music enthusiasts i think they were enjoying it and then and uh you know they were actually you know we were looking to create a band they were you know brands were saying oh what's the name of this the band that wrote this song we're like it's not a band like we're we're a company that writes music for ads and they were like no no like the the you know frito-lay is like you know they wanted to be a band we're like ah so we just named it we're like oh maybe it'll go away (laughs) it's like here's some names devin's like what about this? What about this? What about this? And he's like, what about rabbit? I'm like, yeah, let's put an exclamation point on. Uh-huh. That's funny. So we call our, you know, the agency back. We're like, tell him it's rabbit with an exclamation point. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. Think the end of it. And then a few months later it happens again. And the brand wants to connect to iTunes and help sell the single for the band. And we're like, I guess this other song might be a rabbit. So, it's, it's just so-, <laughs> so then we're like, well, we have a bunch of songs that are like that. And we had, we, you know, the refreshing thing was, and this, of course this, sounds like this band is under the guise of like a corporate company and it's not a real band but but the interesting thing was is that and this never happened before is that the um uh lost my train of thought like we're we're create we got to create this record for the first time ever that had no ulterior motives no oh i hope we get signed no should our music be harder or different or this or that we, and we had fun it was the joy it. of creation, really. And we put bells and whistles, and we'd be like, "Oh, let's bring our coffee shop, you know, friend from down the street to come in and sing this one. She'd be really great as a duet." And, and we just and and this band was secretly forming, without like be, beyond our the scope of what we knew, and it was like bigger than us. Mm-hmm. But but the best thing was, it was like it really came from a. It sounds ironic to say because we're creating, a, we're running a business, but it came from a pure place because it was. Yeah. There wasn't an intention of. Man, yeah, I'm, I'm. Hey, you know, we put a flyer on the on the thing. You're like, hey, I'm making a band. Who wants to be in my band? It's gonna right. be like, awesome. we're gonna be awesome. Right. The band kind of found us, like like my cat found me. You know, came to the door. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my god, there's this cat outside my door. <laughs> like, you need me more than I need you. And uh-huh. You just don't. You know. Yeah. As a side, as a side um, product of the whole thing, like you know, we we made this record and with a few friends and and we would give it to our friends. And they were they were like, oh, it's great, I love it. And then a couple, you know, weeks later, we'd hear from those same friends and we'd be like, I really like it, but my kids love it. Uh-huh. Like, 
I put it on the car, on the car. They asked me to play it over and over. And we're like, wow, did we just make like a kid's record? Um, and it was kind of weird. And so we uh, started, you know, we, we actually got the opportunity to play live and we started touring and um, we would do like a kid's show during the day and then like a hipster venue at night. <laughs> same, just, like same songs? Same, same songs, props, same set. Same songs, same set. <laughs> and you get a positive response yeah, from both. It, it was, was just, really, it was tickling. The dichotomy yeah. was really fun to be like in front of like a bookstore full of kids in Boston and then that night play like TT the Bear and have this show in front of like, you know, these college kids who are just like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think that the sound is, is great. And, and you, you sort of describe the sound of rabbit as coming from the bubblegum scene from the sixties. Yeah. So who are some of the influences? Like, I mean, I love bubblegum and I love the scene. I think I know, I hear a lot of different influences in, uh, in what you all are doing, but I'd love to hear from you. Like who do you draw influence from? Um, definitely like Jeff Lynn and yellow, uh, big big fan of that kind of stuff, and um, Beatles, and you know it's really a because of the 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 sort of no rules thing. I like draw from everything. Mm -hmm. Like I don't. It could be like a modern pop tune, or it could be you know uh something from the 70s and just kind of i just sort of start smashing them together and that's sort of the sound right yeah, like i yeah. love a i love an electronic kick drum and i love an acoustic guitar right I just, you know there's something sort of fun ab uh, about that you know right i love queen and i love nirvana I and mean, uh -huh. it's just hard, it's hard to like and and you hear all those influences that's really cool how about you ashton for me and so and just so you know, um, like, the, and I, this is kind of the quote I always say to people when they ask about rabbit, like Devin is the kind of like the mad scientist behind the curtain here. Mm -hmm. Um, he's the guy doing all the heavy lifting and I'll tell people that, you know, I just, what did I say? Oh, I just, <laughs> he does all the, he does, it's his baby. I just work out work the out kinks. kinks. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. But, uh, but I mean, it's been our project for years. Yeah. But um, you know, the great lyrics and the and the image imagery and the, the place, the ability to take you to a place lyrically, something that is strict uh, is purely a gift that he has, um, which has been cool to realize in this kind of unique environment, musical environment. Um, mm -hmm. For me, you know, I'll add those elements of, you know, like I'm a big, and I don't know why or when I know when it happened, 2000 or so, but I discovered this combination of two records that sort of shaped me as a solo artist that I've kind of carried around because it helped me for the first time find a voice that felt more centered for myself mm -hmm. and it was this combination of uh this Bell and Sebastian record called Fold Your Hands Child um You Walk Like a Peasant I think that's the name of the album and then Elliot Smith Figure Eight right I listened to those two records over and over on a tour that was trapped on essentially <laughs> right <laughs> Snapple and um and two great kids records by the way yeah that's right? a that's some really lighthearted stuff you got yourself into well, what's funny though is the it's influence is obvious what's interesting <laughs> is that um and i guess that would be more vocally right so like the, the right. writing i do isn't yeah 
cloaked in like this sort of dark. <laughs> but what's interesting about Bell and Sebastian, one of the things I love about them so much is they are so happy and they're so, they sound so lighthearted and so just like breezy and it's just it just touches me it always in this just beautiful way. But then when you look under the hood, you're like, whoa, like the topics are yeah. really like, yeah. I didn't know they were singing about this, that, the other. Right. So like, I, I don't think I bring you the topical matter into the music, but I think just vocally, that's kind of where I'm centered. When I write, I think I have the same freedom that Devin talks about where it's like, you know, I mean, of course, I'm a big Beatles fan as well. And I love the idea of being in a project where I don't have to adhere to a style or image and really the only rule of the world mm -hmm. for us is that it needs to be positive right on that like you know i think i think rabbit spans the topical spectrum from nostalgic you know and touching to ridiculously silly silly <clears throat> and everything in between but it doesn't doesn't stray from that continuum yeah right? i do that, that spectrum, I guess. I right. do like box, like, you know, to... I like I like a box and I like rules, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can sort of start pushing that box and those rules. Like, how far, you know, nostalgic can you get and still stay in this sort of zone? And how, you know, ridiculous can you get but still stay here, too? And you know right. what? I'll add, one, I'll add one influence that musically, I think, and it just sort of hit me because I've never really thought about it as a stuff I've written for Rabbit or contributed, is that um, I... I was always really tickled by um, Bare Naked Ladies. I heard um, Gordon on the first pressing of like that record when it came out, and I knew, I was like, I've discovered something ama amazing. These four nerds from Canada <laughs> are going to be something. Like, yeah. I stopped listening to the record, and I loved the play on words. I loved the in rhymes that would happen in lines they would create. And, you know, so th I think I bring that into some of my writing. If I'm doing something happy and fun, I like... I like to use a play on words, you know, um, or something like that. Cause it's just, I have, it's able to have, I'm able to have fun. And I don't have to, now I'm not in a band or a project where I'm like, I gotta dig down into my, <laughs> and really people have to know. <laughs> and instead I can be like, Oh, you know, um, uh, about jelly beans. Right. Or a song about, uh, oh, there's a, there's a line. My friend always says that he likes something that brought to a song we did called P and uh, it was like, um, oh, what was the only ones for best short film? What was that? Um, uh, uh, I love your laughter, especially. Oh, um, our love's like a movie, an independent short film that wins your heart. Then, oh, no, an independent movie. Our love's like a movie, an independent movie that wins your heart, but also wins for best short film. Like, <laughs> you can be in a band where you can just right. say that. Right, just, right. right? In a band and sing about vegetables. You know, yeah, really well, we're going to get to vegetables. Don't you worry. We're going to get there in a second. So you guys put out an EP a few years ago and then took a little break from Rabbit and I, you know, just as a uh, as a fellow full-time worker kind of person, like sometimes things have to get put on the back burner that you want to do. But you have a, um, a new record coming out, or a new EP, I should say, in about four days from today. Um, called the Golden Carrot. So, what what was it that got you guys back into the rabbit frame of mind? Um, I think we finally just, I think we finally had time, right? And mm -hmm. and I had never stopped writing tunes, but you know we were so 
we had moved to Las Vegas for a strange project. And then we moved to, to LA to sort of explore it out here. And it, it was just kind of like chaos for a couple years. And we barely could squeeze time together to get together and finish it, an actual EP. So we got here, we set up shop, we settled in and, you know, we had, I guess the time, which is strange in LA because no one has time right. in LA, but, um, we had a little extra time to be like, let's explore the rabbit thing again. Yeah. Um, yeah and like I said, I have probably like 50 or so songs just sitting there ready to get done. Um, so these are our first five and our hope is just kind of keep putting it out again. Yeah. Cause it was, it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah. I mean, well the music, as I told you guys before, the music is really great and sophisticated and good for little ears and good for big ears. Um, I have to ask if you were willing to just tell me what it was, what was the very strange project in Las Vegas? Cause there's lots of very strange projects <laughs> in right. Las Vegas. You have safe for the little ears. Right. I'm just kidding. Uh -huh. <laughs> Not like that at all. Um, we, I, we ironically just, which is again, rabbit leading the way. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we rabbit performed a show in 2010, um, in Hawaii for a venture capitalist conference, which was like 200 people invite only got the founder of Twitter out there. And we're like, I don't know, like we don't know anything about the tech world. So we're like, whatever yeah. and <laughs> we go and play. And, um, we ended up meeting the CEO of Zappos.com. He came up on stage and which is like the online shoe retailer. Right. And he fell in love with the band. He was just like, this is so awesome. I love you guys. And we hit it off and he, he's become a dear friend of ours. Um, and long story short, and it is a long story, believe me, <laughs> but, um, he invited us out to a pajama party in Vegas for new years that year, flew us out and we had a great time. And then he started talking about a, this project he was going to do where he was moving Zappos headquarters to downtown Las Vegas from Henderson, which is South of the strip. Um, and, and he was moving 1600 employees to downtown and, um, downtown was, an area that had kind of been a little run down over the years and it's kind of rough and tumble, especially on the local side of the, of the strip. And, um, he had met with a local bar owner that was like, Hey man, I love this city and I love my bar and, and I believe in it. And if you're going to move 1600 employees downtown, don't make your campus insular where you're, it's going to be like Facebook or Google and you have like the doggy daycare and the restaurants and everything. So they never leave like this town needs community. It needs, you know, life breathe back into it. Um, you know, I'd love if you could figure out a way to in include them in, into our into our city. And so he he got tickled by that idea. He set aside $350 million of his own money to create, essentially, and help accelerate this idea of a pop-up city downtown that would include food, retail, uh, tech, art, music, education, uh, and this like square mile mm -hmm. of downtown, uh, which essentially had a big real estate component to it, right? But then also this idea of like creating the vibes of like, you know, he talked to us one day and he calls us and he's like, Hey, I want this downtown project to feel more like Austin and Portland. There's bands all the time and it's like stages and all that stuff. And, and, and vibrant music scene. Yeah, like if, yeah. What if you guys are in charge of that? And we're like, okay, <laughs> we run a business. We live in Florida and we know nothing about creating a music scene. I mean, I know that they've happened organically right. over years, like in Austin and, and, yeah. you know, but I don't, and he's like, well, and he's just, you know, you're the music guy. I don't know music as much. Like, I just think it'd be fun. Come out, check it out. No pressure. Come spend a few months in Vegas. Bring your laptops, work on your business, whatever. Tell me if you think it's a good fit. And we went out there. And in the end, we were like, 
this is nuts. Like, this guy wants to build a city from the ground up, and he's assembling a team, and he's asking us to be a part of it, and who who does this? Yeah, yeah right. Who, exactly. We essentially put our business and the band on hold yeah, right. for about three years, and we're like, man, this is the chance of a lifetime. Whether it blows up in everyone's face or whether it succeeds, we want to be there. Yeah, that's cool. And we did, and over a three-year period, we renovated music venues, we built a recording studio, a record shop, uh, we did a lot of community building events, like t music town halls with the existing uh, scene that was there, uh, booked bands, booked bands hired a team to, to do a lot of the booking and bring bands yeah. into town, and um, and it's exciting to say that after a few years, after that stint, um, it's cool to see that that, you know, there's some momentum happening in this downtown area and so much has changed and grown and that we got to be a little part of it. Yeah, that's cool. And so after that was over, we sat down with Tony again and, and had a conversation about what was next, which just kind of led to um, a partnership on the business side and um, this idea, and, a, and a fun kind of secret project we're doing with Rabbit, actually. Yeah. Um, that we can't reveal. That we can't oh, reveal. no. Don't yeah. reveal. No spoilers here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so... It's come full circle to where we're doing Rock, Salt, and Rabbit again, but we're able to kind of dream them up as to what we'd love for them to be when they grow up. Yeah. Uh huh. Cool. Well, when the secret project's revealed, yeah, let's let's hook it up. That sounds whatever it is. It's going to be good if you guys are involved. Um, so so the new EP comes out. It's like five or six songs, I think, and uh, there's a video out and tell in this video. But like, so there's lots of songs about vegetables. Right, like in the kids' music world, lots. But this is like you guys go big <laughs> on this song about vegetables, like big hooks, and you have a special guest. Um, so I guess, like, tell us a little bit about the song, about the video, about the special guest, how you connected, that kind of stuff. Well, there, I, I think I claim that it's the second greatest song about vegetables ever written. Okay. The first one, I'm gonna have to give to Brian Wilson, though I don't think it's his best work. Whereas this one probably is mine. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's my <laughs> music, greatest musical achievement. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's a big, it's a big song that kind of spiraled out of control about vegetables. It started, you know, talking about vegetables and then it got bigger and bigger and then it had stomps and claps. And then I, our good friend, uh, Dr. Zubin, who is kind of a medical humorist um, and has, you know, sort of a mission and he's got a nice online presence for the medical community. Um, he also does like rap and, and stuff like that, parody songs. Uh -huh. So I was like, why don't you come and rap about vegetables right in the middle of this mayhem? And he was like, great, let's do it. So we did that. And uh, that's, you know, basically the song. You have to listen to it to understand. You do, you do have to listen to it to understand. It's like one of the great pop songs with, and then and then he goes by Z Dog MD, right? So like, and then there's this rap verse, and you're like, "This is about zucchini. <laughs> what is happening here?" Flaming Lips meets Beatles song with a '90s rap in the middle. Right, exactly. Think, you know what? Like, and it just sort of hit me too. I I feel like it's uh, a song like that is almost the way like when Devin puts something like that together, it's kind of putting an exclamation point on. He's kind of shoving it like to me into the listener's ear <laughs> but space. In a, but in a nice way. Yeah, in, in a nice, a nice way. way. Very yeah. nice. Say, all that to say, like, if you ever second guess that, that 
you can't do anything you want in a song like there's this like it's you know what i'm saying like it, it's kind of this reinforcement to me of we can do you can do whatever you want in music yeah. and in this band it's you get to and, it, and if something strikes you you're like how funny would it be if we or how fun and funny would it be if we got z-dog to come in and do this and whatever yeah. and it just feels so great to where i think like it's great to be in a box but i think some of the boxes musically become too small right. and they become too tiny and too constraining and too you know mm -hmm. separate yeah so 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 it's fun to like push up against like the spaces of our bigger box and yeah. and and remind ourselves like oh yeah you know like yeah you can do something this ridiculous and and it's refreshing, I think, to to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. I think it. I think we're in a in a time of history where uh, it's okay for Rabbit to take over the world, and I think to like push those boundaries in like a nice, easy way. And and yeah, you know, like uh, the the unlimited love, like the message is clear. And uh, yeah, so I, I don't know much. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't try to get too political, but I do think that like. You guys bring a little sunshine to the world is a beautiful thing. So, um, how can how can people connect with you, find you, follow you, those kinds of things? Facebook, I think, is the best. Yeah, uh, yeah. Facebook is it's facebook.com slash the band, no rabbit the band. Okay, cool. Rabbit the band, great. Um, and you're all on Twitter and website and things like that. And it all you can find all of that on Facebook. Awesome. And now my conversation with Casper Addyman, one of the people behind the Baby Smiles video that you've seen. I also need to apologize if this one's a little herky-jerky. My three-year-old was very, very interested in Casper when we were talking. And thanks to Casper for being a really good sport about it. Good Stuff Kids Podcast. Welcome to the Good Stuff Kids Podcast. Um, a hot star on the scene, Casper Addyman, talking to me live from where? Where are you right now? Um, I'm in I'm in London. I'm in South London at the moment. South London at the moment, and the reason why we're talking is because in the last week I've seen in, on a number of like websites that people frequent and that people share on Facebook um, that uh, you have a song, and a song that you worked really closely on with Imogene Heap, who's a Grammy-winning singer-songwriter. Bye bye, Daddy. Bye bye, Viva. I'll see you later. Can you close the door, please? Thank you. Anyway, mm -hmm. so so you are uh, you have a song that you helped to produce with Imogene Heap, who's a Grammy singer. But this isn't just any song, and we'll get to the song in a minute. But I think before we do that, I'd love to hear about your background. And um, I think one of the things that I am so excited to hear about from you is that you are an expert in baby laughter. So tell me, <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. That's that's my current job. Yeah. So I'm I'm in my my sort of uh, official title would be like a, a lecturer in developmental psychology, um, which basically means we study, you know, how you grow up from from day one all the way through to, you know, to full adulthood. But the bit I concentrate on is is the first two years of life, being a baby. Um, and within that, I just, you know, I can't help but noticing babies have a lot of fun being babies. Um and I thought it would be, you know, it's important to study that. So I, I started study about four years ago, started looking into the things that make babies laugh, uh, make them happy. Um, and yeah, it sort of seemed to have cornered the market in it. 
Well, I think that like what what a joyful way to to spend your day, right? Thinking about baby laughter. I know there's a lot of people when they're a little down in the dumps, they uh, they get on YouTube and like search for videos of baby laughing, babies laughing. So to to study yeah. that, I think is really cool. Absolutely. This this is part of what what you know got me into it. You know, you sort of see when a a video like Charlie bit my finger, you know, which has now had I think eight hundred million people have watched that little video. Um, and yeah, it's something universal that we all respond to when we see a you know a smiling, happy baby. Uh-huh. Uh, it does lift us, and you know, it, that's probably part of what it's there for. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So when did you? Like the child psychology part, I get, but what was the turning point that sort of pushed you in in this particular direction? I mean, it sounds like you have a wealth of experience, right? Like you're a lecturer. Um, I know that that means that you have a lot of education behind you and under your belt. But like, what was it that sort of pushed you in this direction? Yeah, so I'd already been st- uh, sort of researching how babies learn for about six or seven years, and I was actually looking for something I could do. Uh, with my sister who just had her second baby. Um, I was like, what can we do with her? And then my younger brother is a stand-up comedian. Uh, so I wondered, is there, is there something we can get all of us involved in? Like, right, what would, what would stand-up comedy for little babies look like? Can we get Max uh, doing stand-up comedy for a, a baby? And, and that really just you know, set the, the light bulb off in my head of like, yeah, what are they laughing at? What makes them you know, happy? Huh, so, so stand-up comedy for babies. This is fascinating. So did you actually try? Was there, was there a trial study? Uh, he, you know, being, a, being a comedian, he he's, uh, very much you know, uh, wants to be taken seriously. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> I, yeah, I do totally understand that. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so he felt it, it, like, it felt it was a bit beneath him. To, uh, to try and make babies yeah, laugh. Right. Um, comedy is um, comedy is serious work. Yes, we get. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're, they're artists and uh, and they're troubled artists. <laughs> and uh, you know, working with a little baby was just uh, yeah, that wasn't the challenge that he was looking for. Okay. So, okay. Um, but you know, we didn't really need a, a professional comedian. Anybody you know can make a baby laugh and. Um, um, and once we started thinking about, you know, oh yeah, that is a universal thing. You know, if you just tune into the baby, um, that there's something that we, you know, you don't need to know what you're doing. Right. You just need that um, that human connection. You know, mm-hmm. and looking at it from the baby's point of view, well, you know, you know, they they don't speak our language, they don't understand our culture, they don't really get an awful lot of stuff, but Here's something where they can connect with us. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you took all of this, and you were approached by someone, right? Like you were, people, someone came to you to say, "Would you be interested in starting this project?" Which ended up being the song. Yeah. So we, uh, so I'd, I'd be doing this for a few years, and then um, a group called C and G Baby Club, which is like um, an online community for mums in the UK. Um, they had the idea they wanted to do something for babies, like uh, uh, sort of raise their profile. And they'd heard that of um, the American uh, composer from New York, Laurie Anderson. She'd done a she'd done a concert for dogs in Central Park. Okay. Uh, she'd been playing her violin. Um, it had made her dog howl um, <laughs> in a good way, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So she 
she she'd done a concert for dogs and they thought well if if people can write music especially for dogs we should do something especially for babies and you know we should if we wanted to make them happy we should ask get scientists involved to uh, to try and create you know a scientifically sort of designed happy song for uh-huh. right so so this is where it gets fascinating i think um so you were involved in researching like the components that would go into making like the scientifically you know let me let me phrase it this way a song based in science to make babies smile so what were some of the things that you tested and then what were some of the things that ended up being the components that you were like this is sort of a universal thing yeah um so there were, there's, there's sort of several different elements that we we, we put together there um so the, the first one, we, the um, CNG Baby Club just ran a, a survey and they asked, what's the funniest noises that, you know, you know just, just pure and simple sound effects, what's going to make a baby laugh? And, and so that is uh, um, raspberries and uh, uh, silly voices, uh, um, some, some sort of like pretend animal noises. So they had this top 10 of these, these sounds like, well, uh, and I think their initial idea was just, you know, throw these together and it'll just be hilarious, won't it? Um, <laughs> but like, well, that's that. We'll we'll use that somewhere along the way. My uh, my other collaborator on this project, um, Lauren Stewart, she's a professor of the psychology of music. Um, so she's very interested in like what are the what are the sort of universal features of music that um, will appeal to everyone. And mm-hmm. and so there's some things like you know. We all can tell the difference between a, a major key being happy and a minor key being sad. Um, and then slow music sort of, you know, calms us down, whereas ha- fast music is uh, yeah. arousing. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's your basic. Um, but then we looked, well, you know, is that something cultural or is that something innate? Is that something that babies are going to get as well? So we, we surveyed all the research that had been done with babies and music. And a, a lot of it is about lullabies. It's about sort of, you know, um, what music calms babies down. Um, but, the, yeah, there seemed to be sort of a, a, a few key things. So first there's this, you know, it's fast um, and it's, uh, it's a major key. And actually it's even faster than you'd think. Um, oh. Our baby's heart rate is like 50% faster or, or even more than yours or mine. Um, so, yeah, their heartbeat is... You know, if ours is like 60 to 70, theirs is going at like 110, 120. So what to us sounds quite upbeat yeah. is maybe a bit of a waltz to a baby, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so speed it up a bit. Uh-huh. Um, the, the next thing was um, that, you know, we, within music, um, you know, all music grows on us. You know, we need... Uh, we, well, there is a there's a balance between familiarity and complexity. Um, you know, we um, you know our brains sort of tune into the sequence that's coming in music, and it's it's the fact that we can half predict what's coming next that's right. quite satisfying about it. Yeah, and obviously that's a bit harder for babies. So you have to keep the rel- mel- melodies um, and sort of um, harmonies and things more com. Uh, m- uh, more simple, so that they can they can tune into it and uh, um, and know what to expect. Yeah. Um, 
And then there are some other things like uh, previous research had found that uh, not only do babies prefer like a female voice to a male voice, which is perhaps not surprising, but that if um, they can tell the difference between uh, a song that's recorded um, when someone's singing in the actual presence of a baby to someone like just trying to sing to a baby. So wow. you know that we all, we all talk so, so much more animated. Hello, how are you? When there's a baby. Yeah. Um, but um, there's something about the real quality of actually doing that with a baby present um, that makes even more of a difference. That's, so that's, that's unexpected, I think. Like, of every, yeah. like everything you say makes, makes, makes tons and tons and tons of sense. But that little piece of it is so like, oh, duh. Like, obviously, that makes so much sense. That is, uh, that's fascinating. Okay, so yeah, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Yeah, so, so that, 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 they were sort of starting to build up um, a lot of, lot of these recommendations which we could give to the, um, the composer. Um, one other surprising one is um, if you're going to be singing, um, babies get more fascinated by pup, 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 sort of plosive sounds than a more what you might expect like la 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 so you were saying before we were interrupted by my personal baby um or the baby in my family the the puss sounds like the 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 really percussive sounding things are are more appealing than the la 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 things puss sounds are actually much harder to do and so for a, a really little baby it's sort of more interesting to see something that Oh, I can't quite do that myself yet. That's uh, um, sort of something that they're like ever. They can't. They couldn't articulate that, but it's sort of more intriguing to them to to hear and notice these things that uh, are beyond their own current ability. Yeah. Do you think it's like the? Um, do you think that that aspect of it? So, like having had three babies, like when they get like not not spooked. Spooked isn't the wrong word, but like a, sort of like a whoo, like that kind of thing, like that. I guess, like, sci- like scientifically, it makes sense. There's like a bit of a surprise that comes with it. Is that is that part of the thinking behind that piece? Um, so that that comes in in some other parts of the composition. Yeah. So there there are a few bits where um, uh, I'm I'm not going to try seeing this for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but this, we, we had little slides where it sort of. Um, the, the the tune carries on for a little bit and then you don't quite know where the next bit comes in uh-huh. um and yeah the, there's a there's a few bits of that anticipation which is yeah exactly like you know peekaboo and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so this is a yeah. this is an audio podcast but visually folks if you saw casper you'd be like <laughs> Woo-hoo, yay it was very exciting um okay so so all of that like it's fascinating, right? Like the science behind yeah. it. And that's, it that's, that was the background. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then, so then, what happens? Um, so we tell, uh, we meet meet with Imogen, and we tell her all of this, and say, right, can you now um, just sketch out some some melodies for us? Um, and so she did. She did four different little sketches um, that we thought would be a good starting point, and then she did a. a a, a vocal and a non-vocal version of each of those. So we we basically had eight eight little um, snippets of music, each about twenty seconds long. Uh, we brought these into the into the lab 
and we played them to 25 babies. So we thought of like, you know, we're, we're, we're experts, but these are the real experts. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, actual babies to tell us what they yeah. do. This is real research. Like, this is legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, did, um, you, did you know Imogen before? So this is Imogen Heap, who's won a Grammy, who is a, you know, very well-known musician around the world internationally. Did you, how did that connection come up? Um, so there, there was a, a music consultancy who basically uh, went out, made a short list of, they were looking for musicians who were like quite techie. Um, I mean, Imogen's Grammy for, was, mu- was for music engineering. Um, she's like, uh, gets quite involved and she's made um, a, a glove that plays music. She's really oh, into okay. the Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Right. She'll like, the, she'll like the science and they, yeah. they found that. And then... Really important. Um, they knew that she t- she had an eighteen month old daughter of her own, so it's like this is going to appeal to her. So uh-huh. they put us in touch, um, and yeah, then we just sort of uh, started from there. Yeah, and then the song comes together, and you have all these components, and then so once you ha- so we skipped I guess a little bit of time, but not a tremendous amount. So you have this finished product, and then. So then how do you take it out? How do you test it? Like, what, what happens? Um, so, yeah, we, the, the babies uh, liked one of these melodies much more than the other. That became the basis of the song. Imogen then added in lyrics and uh, um, a bit more production to the whole thing. Um, and yeah, beyond that, we sort of like, well, we're not going to change it much now. Let's just have one last test. And if you... If you um, look at the the video of the making of the song, this is like the, the very last thing we did. We got it. We got all twenty five of these babies in a room together uh, with all their parents, um, and we just sort of like press play, see what happens. Um, and you know, I, I've worked with babies for ten years. I I know it can be very hard to like, hold their attention. Um, and as this song sort of uh, started playing. We had little rapt faces, little uh, you know, completely engaged little uh, people, and we thought this is this is this is sufficient for us. Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> we're convinced. Yeah. Uh, and then since we've released it, we've just been waiting to hear from parents. Does this work with your baby? Yeah. So what's the what's the response been? Um, it's been yeah, it's been really great. I and I I was you know. Oh, optimistic that this is this is um this has got all the right elements but obviously every baby's different yeah. and yeah we just keep getting comment after comment of people saying yeah yeah i uh, i wasn't too sure and then um the uh, uh um the raspberry sound came in or the um the roar like a lion bit and then my baby was you know totally convinced. now it's one of their favorite songs yeah so. That's great. Well, I, I played it for my kids who are seven, five, and three, and they liked it. You know, the, I think they're a little out of the, the demographic that yeah. you're studying, but, like, I think a nice thing for you to know, the little feedback, is that, like, it's not just for babies, but, like, all kids can, I think, can appreciate uh, all of the, sort of, the, the different pieces of it that went into creating the song. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's a well-rounded, and it's, you know, adults aren't going to hate it. That's, a, yeah. as I'm sure you'll know, a lot of music for babies is, is just uh, maddening for, <laughs> for adults. 
sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> sure. So there's some follow-up studies that are happening in addition to, right? Like I assume, in addition to getting feedback from people. So like what's what's coming yeah. up next? Um, so um, just straight after the, the, the song was released, my, my colleague Lauren, who I'd been re- doing the research in the lab with, um, actually went off to have a baby of her own. So she... <laughs> uh, She's now on maternity leave for the next uh, four months or so. Um, but right at the moment, um, I've got a project where we're, we're looking at um, happy music, sad music, and like slightly scary music. Oh, okay. Uh, playing those to babies and seeing if they will um, look at faces which have happy, sad, or scared expressions on them. See so if they can map the emotions. Map, map the map the emotion in the music to the emotion on the oh fascinating cool yeah. um, but you're you're not done with this particular project right so you are in the midst of of crowdfunding so tell us a little bit about yeah. what your what your next project is yeah so right my main uh, preoccupation at the moment is writing a whole book um, which is it's called the laughing baby um, and it basically goes through the first two years of life sort of from just taking the highlights, really. I mean, it's a, it's a bit unfair to do that. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be me. <laughs> um, as um, as a way of telling you, like, pointing out all the successes that little children are having in that time, you know. You know every day there's a new little um, breakthrough, a new um, eureka moment. And yeah. they're usually accompanied by, like, a laugh of triumph or something. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd take this would be a nice... W- different approach to um, a book for parents that are appreciating their children. Um, you know, very often, you know, parenting books are a, a thousand and one things you should never do with your child. Right. You know, yes. The list of do this, do this, do this, don't do this. Yeah. Um, and this is very, very different. Um, so, yeah, right at the moment, I'm writing that. Um, it's with a crowdfunded publisher, so we we need backing from the the public um, needs 600 people just basically to say that they'll um, they'll support it. Um, okay. And actually, Imogen, Imogen's given us a big, uh, uh, a very big support on that. So that's oh, great. We're, we're getting there, um, and yeah, hopefully that that will be all be finished by about June, and then uh, the book will be out for this Christmas. Oh, great. Okay, so when that's uh, when that is all going on, we'll uh, be sure to. To make note of that in a major way. So, what? Um, how can we find you? Like, what? You have a website, do you, like Twitter, Facebook, yeah, those kinds of things. Uh, uh, babylaughter.net is the website, uh, which I sort of put updates on all of these projects. Anytime a parent sends me a little video of a laughing baby, I try and do a little write up of why that baby laughed at that particular thing. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter. I'm um, Twitter as well. That's yeah. um, Casper, but spelled C Z Z P R. Whoa, fancy! Simple spelling taken. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, um, I I can't thank you enough uh, for for taking the time to talk to me. I think that what what you're uh, what you're doing is fascinating, and you know, like real science is beyond me, but babies are not, and baby laughter is something that something that you said that I think is really really. Uh, beautiful and important about the work that you do is is when when a baby laughs it lifts the baby up but it also lifts people around the baby up and i think that you know 
the climate in the UK is probably a little bit different than the, than the climate here in America, but I think that everyone needs a little more baby laughter in their life, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, right. So, I think I can't thank you enough, and I also want to thank you for being patient with me while my personal baby came in and out of the room. <laughs> and uh, that adds to the authenticity. Yes, of it. totally right. We are we are authentically in this. Um, so. You are you're great, and I wish you nothing but luck. And when the book's out, like maybe we'll we'll get back together and talk a bit about yeah. it. And and uh, thank you for your time. Thanks to Rabbit and to Casper Addyman for taking some time to talk to me. As Mrs. Good Stuff just reminded me, less is more, except for when you're talking about episode 60 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. It was a double whammy. Thanks for sticking with me all the way through. Be sure to stay tuned for Vegetables by Rabbit coming up as soon as I'm done talking, which is right after I say, for everything you need to know about the Good Stuff Kids podcast, go to www.goodstuffpod.com or drop me a line at mike at goodstuffpod.com. Share with a friend. It's the 60th of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Here's Vegetable by Rabbit. In the white camera, hybrid fabric interior seat, pumps in the back, strap, punching on stacks, accelerate carrots, no time for trans fats. We about to attack this junk food pack, marinate on the corner, slaying sugary snacks. I got nothing but love for zucchini, and I got nothing but kale for you weenies. Sixteen in the dip and one in the guac. Z Dog is about to make some junk food drop, pop, pop, pop. Count chocolate flops, face down in the butter, took a squash to the shops. Don't be baffled by broccoli, perplexed by peas, suck on beta carotene and then vitamin C's. One nation under vegetation up on your feet. Everybody in the house, you are what you eat. 
They say you are the things you eat From your fingers to your feet These are all the things you are Up or leave them cold. From Beijing down to Muscle Shoals. 